Here's Pastor Steve Converse to introduce us to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. When we come to Christ, are we overwhelmed with our sin? Coming to Christ is not just getting on some bandwagon and turn over the leaf, become religious, and go to church, and yeah, I'm going to call myself a Christian now. Coming to Christ is saying, you know what? I don't have anywhere else to go. I stand here condemned as a sinner in the presence of a holy God. I don't know what else to do. I've tried to do it my own way, tried to go to church, tried to work my way, tried to be a good person, tried to do this. I end up back in the same sinful place. I don't know what else to do. You have to have confidence that Christ can forgive you. People don't get saved unless they're first desperate over the disease of sin in their life. We kind of leave that element out in our evangelism a lot of times. You know, that's the first step, beloved, in how a conversion takes place. Welcome to Graceful Truth, the weekly radio program originating from the pulpit teaching ministry of Grace Bible Church, located here in Redwood City, revealing God's grace through God's truth. We would invite you to join us today as we continue with our look at Jesus and His power over sin. It really is a comforting thought to know that there is somebody who can adequately, successfully, and completely deal with your sin and my sin. And that's the subject of the Gospels, as we'll see today. We begin our time together looking at the life of a leper who knew there was nothing to lose in coming to Christ and everything to gain. Here now with today's broadcast is Pastor Steve Converse. Now, I began to wonder, how does Jesus, or how did Jesus heal people? How did he do it? First of all, I, I think that, you know, in comparison to some of the contemporary so-called healers of our day, we see that Jesus healed with just a word or maybe just with the touch. That's all he had to do. There was no gimmicks. There was no exercises. There was no, you know, big stage thing going on, no fanfare. He just reached out and he touched the leper and said, be whole. And he was. Jesus also healed instantly. Now, doctors are good. It's great to go to the doctor and have a good thing and get treated and everything. But Jesus healed instantly. In other words, you never had to go to the doctor. You went to Jesus and Jesus said, be healed, and you were healed completely. Like we saw last week, the leper, who was probably disfigured beyond belief. And yet immediately, as soon as Jesus touched him and said, be healed, be whole, immediately his appendages grew back. Whatever he lost, his disfigurement was gone. He looked like a brand new person because he was healed instantly talks about the woman who had a bleeding problem in, in Mark, and it says that that hour, that very hour, she was healed immediately. The ten lepers were healed instantaneously. Luke 5 says that leprosy immediately departed the leper that we looked at last week. You think of the crippled man at the pool of Bethesda. Immediately he became well. The blind man, when he washed his eyes, he saw completely. He didn't have to go get a checkup. He didn't have to do anything. Thirdly, Jesus not only heals with a word or a touch, but he heals instantly. He also healed totally. There's no recuperation. You know, we go to the doctor, and we get an operation. Okay, now we start the healing process. And we got to go through this recuperation or rehab, physical therapy. Many of you have gone through it. You know what that's like. It's not fun. It can be painful at times. 
Can you imagine somebody in Jesus' day, 35 years, never having even taken a step, never walked, and Jesus says, be made all, get up and walk. And all of a sudden, the man is up and walking. That's hard for us to understand. I mean, just the atrophy in his muscles, I mean, would be, you know, incredible. And yet he was healed totally. He didn't have to go to rehabilitation. And there's never any rehabilitation in any miracle that Jesus performed. It was instant. It was told. It was immediate. And then also he healed everybody that he basically came in contact with. He didn't have a screening. His disciples weren't out in front of him saying, okay, what's this guy's problem? Oh, he's in a wheelchair. What's the problem? Okay, well, let him through. <laughs> you know, you, you see these crusades they put on. And I've heard people that drive thousands of miles to go to somebody's crusade just because they want to get healed. And they're not even to dark, allowed to darken the, the, the door. They won't let them in because they pre-screen everybody. Sad. In Luke 4.40, it says, While the sun was setting, all who had any sick with various diseases brought them to him, meaning Jesus, and laying his hands on every one of them, he was healing them. And it was until it was complete. I don't think Jesus ever, to my recollection, turned someone away who wasn't healed. He also healed what they call organic disease. He healed things like crippled legs and withered hand and blinds, blind eyes and paralysis. I mean, that would show a miracle. If somebody came to you with a crippled leg and you knew they were crippled from birth and all of a sudden they were up running around walking. Incredible. He didn't heal lower back pain <laughs> or some other functional disorder that we hear, see the healers healing today. And then the last thing I see is how Jesus healed was he also not only healed people, but he actually raised people from the dead. <laughs> he raised people from the dead. Now you hear this on occasion out there, you know, oh yeah, so... You know, it's never been verified. It's never been, you know, uh, these guys, I, I think they're just kind of making things up. And the reason they are is to get your dollars. I mean, that's the bottom line. But Matthew, over and over again, indicates that there was something special about Jesus. And you wonder about all these things that he did, all these things, and yet the Pharisees still didn't believe. They still attributed his work to Beelzebub or to Satan. You remember in Mark chapter 2, verse 9, Jesus said this, which is more difficult, to heal disease or to forgive sin? Remember he asked that question? Which is more difficult, to heal disease or to forgive sin? Let me ask this morning, do you know why he said that? Do you know why he asked that question? See, in doing the kinds of miracles that Jesus did, he was not only revealing his power over physical disease, but he was also using those healings as illustrations of his power to deal with sin. That's exactly what he was doing. He was using it as an illustration of his power over sin. And I think this morning when we read here in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4, yeah, we see a leper being healed, that's great. I think there's a deeper message here. I think it's really almost like we're looking at a picture of someone being saved and the process they go through. Leprosy basically is ceremonial uncleanliness. It's a demonstration of sin. And as I said earlier, just like leprosy, sin is pervasive, it's ugly, 
It's wretched, it's communicable, it's incurable, it makes you an outcast in the presence of God. And in spite of that, we see this leper coming with confidence. We see because he's desperate over his leprosy, he has nowhere else to go. You know, that's the first step, beloved, in how a conversion takes place. People don't get saved unless they're first desperate over the disease of sin in their life. We kind of leave that element out in our evangelism a lot of times. See, this, this man came having lost all fear of being ostracized, having lost all shame. He didn't care anymore. And he was willing to barge right in the presence of the living Lord in front of all these people with a disease. He just weren't supposed to do that. But he had confidence that Christ could heal him because he was overwhelmed with his disease. When we come to Christ, are we overwhelmed with our sin? Are we wretched over our sin? Coming to Christ is not just getting on some bandwagon. Turn over the leaf, become religious, and go to church, and yeah, I'm going to call myself a Christian now. Coming to Christ is saying, you know what? I don't have anywhere else to go. I stand here condemned as a sinner in the presence of a holy God. I don't know what else to do. I've tried to do it my own way, tried to go to church, tried to work my way, tried to be a good person, tried to do this. I end up back in the same sinful place. I don't know what else to do. You have to have confidence that Christ can forgive you. And this leper came worshiping, and I think a true conversion occurs when desperate people come worshiping God, not seeking things for themselves. So many times we come to Christ for the wrong reasons. That's why there's so many people on the broad path. Because they never grieved over their sin. They just came for the forgiveness. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer the way we explain the gospel today. Do you want to go to hell or do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to have fire licking your toes or do you want to walk on streets of gold? Well, let me think about this. I don't know. This leper came worshiping, seeking God's glory. He wanted God's glory. He just didn't want a healing. There needs to be a recognition of the majesty of God. A true sense that, you know what, we're in awe in his presence. And we see this guy, he came humbly. And you know what? True salvation always comes to those who are humble. If you come to God thinking somehow you're doing God a favor, you're not saved. I'll just say it, you're not saved. If you think that somehow when you come to God that, you know, you have some kind of a, a will involved in this whole process... I hear people say all the time, yeah, I remember the day when I chose Jesus. I chose to be... What are you talking about? The Word of God is very clear how this thing works. And it doesn't start with us. It starts with Him. It starts with Him divinely setting His love upon us even before we were here. There's no self-will. There's no self-centeredness. There's no sense of worthiness. There's no acknowledgement of rights or claiming this or claiming that. You don't come into the presence of God with that kind of a heart because last time I checked, that kind of a heart is a proudful heart, a pride-filled heart. And God hates it. He'll listen to someone who comes humbly. The Bible says it's the meek who inherit the kingdom of God. And finally, this leper came with faith. He believed that Jesus could heal him. You know, you can't be saved without faith. You can't be saved without faith. It's impossible. 
So in regard to salvation, you'll be touched, you'll be cleansed when you come to Christ in faith. And once you're saved, you know what God wants you to do? You know what he wants you to do more than anything? Just be obedient. Just live out what God tells you to do. You know, we've really done a lot of harm, I believe, over the years in our evangelism things, you know, in our discipleship things, because we take new converts. We take somebody who comes to Christ. And I've done this myself. I'm guilty of this. You know, you need to go to tell everybody that now you're a Christian. Go tell everybody that you're a Christian now. I mean, are we supposed to confess the Lord before people? Sure. But it's funny that our Lord didn't tell this guy to do that. He said, don't tell anybody. Don't you tell a soul. You go to the priest and you get this certificate of cleansing. If you do it, do what I tell you to do. God will be glorified. See, it's better, beloved, to say nothing and let the world see that Jesus truly changed your life by their own examination than to run around saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then just give them kind of ammo to dishonor God. And say, yeah, that guy's a Christian. Yeah, he says he's a Christian. You see what he does. See how he acts at break the water fountain and all, you know, blah, blah, blah. Jokes he tells. A living testimony can be more effective than a verbal one. It's better just to be quiet and let the world see that God has changed your life than you go out and tell everybody that he's changed it and then not be able to live up to the expectation. Here's this man running around saying, Jesus changed my life. He healed me. He healed me. He healed me. You know, this leper. And there's people that know he's a leper. And there's probably somebody along the way that says, you know what? You are that guy. You are that leper. And you do look different. You're saying Jesus healed you? Yep. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. Where's your certificate? Um, well, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> See, he should have done what Jesus told him to do. Go get the certificate. God would have been honored. God would have been glorified in a whole different way. Somebody would have said, why aren't you down showing yourself to the priest? If you're truly... You know, the law says this, and now you're saying that he healed you, but you know, your actions aren't really living up to what you're saying. A disobedient life in the midst of a testimony is meaningless. A testimony can be rendered invalid. We're called to be obedient. And in the midst of our obedience, God will manifest this transforming power in our lives. And our lives will speak louder than our words I'm going to leave you with this illustration. Martin Luther, he had a dream. And he had a dream that he was in his house. And in this dream, he looked out the window and he saw the Lord Jesus Christ walking down the pathway to his house. And he looked around at his house and he, oh man, this is not the time. Jesus should be coming to my house. I got clothes everywhere. They're all over the couch. I got food still out from last night's dinner. The dishes are a mess. The carpet, oh, it's just a wreck. The whole house was a wreck. So frantically, like 
most of us do when someone knocks on the door and we're not expecting them. You know, try to clean everything up. And Martin Luther, in his dream, he's trying to clean everything up. He's trying to get the clothes folded. And, the, and he said, the harder I worked at it, I looked around and the dirtier it became. There was more clothes and more dirt and more dishes. And finally, the knock came on the door. And I knew it was the Lord. And I, I had to go answer the door. And he says in his dream, he went to the door and he opened the door. And the Lord said, do you mind if I come in? And Martin Luther stood there and he said, now, Jesus, if, if, you're, if you're willing to come into a mess like this, come on in. And he stepped back to let the Lord go. And as Martin Luther turned to follow the Lord into his own filthy house, he looked and it was immaculate. There was not one shirt that was out of place. There was not one dirty dish anywhere. Everything was perfectly in its place. See, folks, sometimes we make a mess of our lives and then we try to straighten them out. And the more we try to straighten them out on our own, the more messier it gets. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll just submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll just open your heart to him, he'll make your life immaculate. He'll make your life clean. He'll forgive your sin. He'll give you the Holy Spirit to comfort, to guide, to establish you as a new creature in Christ. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this example of this man who was filled with leprosy. His body was beyond disrepair. And yet, God, in your miraculous power, he came to you, and he came to you because he knew you were the only one that he could come to. I can't help to think that there might be some here today, some here this morning, who need a fresh touch from you, who need a touch from you. Lord, there are people here this morning that have tried to do it their own way. And it doesn't work out. There's people around this room that can testify to that. And there's people also around this room that can testify that when you yield your heart to God, when you come to Christ in faith, in reverence, in humility, and with confidence, He will change your life in a radical way, in a way that only He can. And you will see the glory of God in your life lived out on a daily basis, not because of who you are, but because of who he is and his power and his majesty. Father, we come to you this morning and we pray that if there's anybody here that has yet to put their faith or trust in you, Lord, I pray that they would cry out to you. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, I don't understand all the details, but I do understand that I am a sinner and I do need your forgiveness. I do need your grace. And there's only one way to get that. It's through your son. I want to come to him this morning in faith, believing that he will forgive me, that he will set everything in order in my home, in my heart, in my place. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask you to bless the rest of our day and our week, Lord, that we would 
be able to share not only with our lips, but with our lives, the message of the good news of the gospel of Christ, that we would see lives transformed as a result. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You have been listening to Graceful Truth, the weekly radio program originating from the pulpit teaching ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. We'll be back with Pastor Steve in just a moment with a special announcement. You know, it's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up through grade 5. If you would like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth radio program, please give us a call. We're at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's that phone number, 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. If you're writing to us, the address is 2225 Euclid. We're located here again in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. That's 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, 94061 is our zip code. If you would like directions to the church, if you're joining us for Sunday services, directions can be found at our website, again, gracefultruth.org, or simply call us. 650-366-9923. And those points of contact also work if you're looking for a copy of today's program. Just let us know the date of the broadcast and we'll get a copy to you. Again, 650-366-9923 or gracefultruth.org. Well, as promised once again, to close out our time together, once again, our teacher and pastor, here's Pastor Stephen Converse with a special announcement from Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Steve? Thanks, Andy. I'd just like to share some exciting information with the ladies in our listening audience. Ladies, we have a real blessing for you coming up on Saturday, October 2nd, here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We'll be hosting women's speaker and author Cynthia Heald for our Fall Women's Conference. Cynthia uses her speaking engagements, Bible studies, and books to encourage women around the world to deepen their relationship with God. I'm sure you're familiar with her popular Becoming a Woman of Bible Study series, which include the best-selling Becoming a Woman of Excellence and Becoming a Woman of Freedom. Well, Cynthia has recently also written a brand new book for this series, Becoming a Woman of Simplicity. And that's going to be the focus of our conference on Saturday, October 2nd, here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Ladies, you know firsthand how hectic the world can be today and the demands that are placed upon you. And we'd like to give you the opportunity to break away from your routine for just one Saturday morning and come together for some great fellowship and teaching based on God's Word. Won't you plan on being here Saturday, October 2nd from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a wonderful time of fellowship and teaching from Cynthia on becoming a woman of simplicity? I'm sure you'll enjoy the time together and walk away with a renewed sense of purpose and commitment to Christ. All the registration information can be found on our church website at www.gracebibleonline.org. Once again, that's 
gracebibleonline.org. There's a registration form available, so you can simply download it, print it out, fill it out, and mail it to the address indicated. Or you can simply give us a call here at Grace Bible Church, Redwood City, 650-366-9923. Once again, the number is 650-366-9923. We hope to see you in October. We once again want to thank you for listening to the Graceful Truth radio program each weekend. And it would be a wonderful encouragement to us to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. It would be a blessing. Thank you, Steve. Here are our contact points once again if you would like to get a hold of us. That phone number is 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. You're also welcome to visit our website, gracefultruth.org. Again, that's all one word, gracefultruth.org. If you're writing to us, the address is 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California, 94061. That's 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California, 94061 is our zip code. You can use that same address if you are using your garment and planning on joining us for worship. Our Sunday services are again at 10 a.m., and we do have nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. So punch in the address on your garment or your Google Maps, 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, or simply call us for the directions at 650-366-9923 or visit us online at gracefultruth.org. Thank you again so much for joining us here today. Until next week at this same time, God bless. God bless.